Welcome back, Leafs fans, to Game Over. Uh, I hope you're having a better Monday than the Leafs just had because they lost 4-1, and then it was 3-2, and then it was 4-1 again. It is Game Over Toronto. My name is Lauren Williamson. On the far-hand side of the screen, we have Armand Pantheke, and in the very middle, my friend Kyle Cushman. Welcome, guys! Yay! Hooray! Yay. Hope we had a... Hoped we would have had a better game to talk about. You know, even if Bedard scored, that would have been nice. Like, you know, yeah. when they when they reset the end of the game three times, like at least score and make it count one of the times. <laughs> one of the yeah. times, Kyle. When was the last time you saw a game end like that where it reset three times after being at six seconds twice? I don't think I have. Like that was that was utter silliness. Just. <laughs> The fact that we had not even like the teams reviewing stuff, because it's one thing if the teams like challenge it and whatever, but it's the last minute. So it's automatic reviews as well. So it's the league just messing around, I guess, with the end of a game. But hey, you know what? It was technically the right calls, but it just made for a very silly, ultimately meaningless, extra long minute. So yeah, you would think yeah. they would forgot it was a Monday and most of us have to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay, let's just get on Yeah, with it. we got to get our money's worth with Monday Night Hockey in Canada, right? Um, so, like I said, if you're just joining, my name is Lauren. We have Armand and Kyle here as well. And we're talking about the Chicago Blackhawks, unfortunately, beating the Leafs in their first loss of the season. But, hey, it's early season. I think we can all agree that that was probably the worst that the Leafs have looked since the first period of the Montreal game. And as long as we don't make that the regular viewing scheduled Leafs, then the guys will be just fine because tonight they looked far more disjointed than they did at the end of, let's say, the Minnesota Wild game on Saturday. Would you both not agree? Yes, absolutely. I mean, defensively, they were just a mess. And, like, on pretty much every goal other than the fourth goal, there was a pretty big defensive coverage lapse, especially in the neutral zone. We were giving up rush chances like crazy, especially in the first two periods. Like, it was... It was not good. It wasn't good. And yeah, like, and yeah. I think that's like something to like watch the season as well because um, you can look at the all the exciting offensive additions and stuff like that to this roster, which have been great through the first couple of games for the most part. But overall, the team defense is certainly worse than it was last year or in the last couple of years when you look at kind of net neutral players like Kerfoot and those kind of guys being replaced yeah. by a lot more offensive heavy players. Um, is going to be a big hit to the overall team defense. And so through the first couple games, they've been able to uh, kind of be okay with that. Montreal being a bit of an exception, though they came back and were able to win that one ultimately. But um, we kind of see that the, a little bit more tonight where um, they, like you mentioned, they give up a couple of pretty bad defensive lapses and uh, they're not able to outscore the the defensive issues. Yeah, which yeah, is... And I, I... Go ahead. I was just going to say that is something that they managed to do um, going into last season, the end of last season, mm -hmm. obviously in the playoffs. That was something everybody that watched the Leafs versus Tampa saw that the Leafs pretty much didn't have any business winning a lot of those games, yet they got through by the skin of their teeth because puck luck, good bounces, whatever. And tonight that was certainly not the case because, like you guys said, it was just fall and defensive laps and bad positioning and missed cues, missed calls, so many passes to the middle of nowhere. And by players that normally don't make passes like that, Mitch Marner a couple times at the beginning of the game yeah. it was like, buddy, there's no one there. It almost looks like they're used to players that have been there previously being in specific spots. And it looks just like adjustments that you can't really prepare for until the game's are starting to be played. So, I mean, to some degree, I think we all expected it, right? Like, we all knew that there was changes on defense and on the forward ends as well that compromised a little bit of defense for a little bit of grit and sandpaper, snot, whatever adjective you want to use. <laughs> um, and tonight, you really saw it, like, on top of, you know, they the the couple bad bounces that don't go their way. I mean, John finally gets one for the Leafs. Thank goodness we got to hear the new goal song. But it was very nearly not a game where they just – it was like somehow they got goalied by Soderblom, which is impossible. Yeah. And it was just like – I mean, don't get me wrong. Chicago on paper is still not nearly as good as the Leafs. But having said that, we all expected that today, some to some degree, the Leafs should have come out with two points. But they just didn't play – like they cared. It sort of looks like the bad habits that they had last year where they were punching down to teams and then all of a sudden team the other team cares and they're like they have shock Pikachu faces because oh the other team's putting <laughs> up a fight because it's real blooded humans over there and the Leafs just seem to not be able to get themselves out of this funk of like playing down to teams. 
it is like a, it just felt like a trap game right from the beginning, especially with Soderblomin. I mean, even if Mrazek would have been in, it would have been a trap game. But honestly, offensively, I didn't think the Leafs were all that bad, especially you know at the end with the six on five. I was surprised we didn't score there. There were so many chances. Uh, it just seemed like offensively there was a bit of uh, you know they were a little out of sync. Like like you talked about, there were passes that were hitting skates. There were area passes going to no one. Like, I remember Domi came in with, like, a lot of speed. Yarncroak had to stop up at the blue line to remain offside, and then Domi lays out an aerial pass, and Yarncroak doesn't have any speed to get to it. It's just, like, moments like that where it's, like, you know, there's clearly some level of, uh, you know, miscommunication there going on with the Leafs. Uh, but offensively, I actually thought they were fine. And, you know, defensively, this was probably their worst game. And, you know, I talked about it uh, in the Minnesota Wild game as well. It was noted that we're kind of going to a defensive coverage system that's more hybrid man-to-man, and it uh, relies on your centermen to have a little more defensive responsibility, uh, at least when it comes to uh, the cycle in, in the defensive zone. But most of the chances here were just from D-men pinching and not getting back in time, no forward support. You know, Perry was left wide open for a breakaway. Uh, Tyler Johnson was given an open lane because we'll McCabe there. just cheated yeah i know but like what i'm trying to say is like there was so much open space for the blackhawks yeah. to just absolutely have great a chances and yeah it was like a trap game through and through because it it was <laughs> like every time we i thought we would have a chance it would go off a stick or hit a skate and it was a turnover you know so tough game definitely a tough loss and and you know like you said there was so much it seemed like there were times where in the there was so much open ice and they just didn't know who to pass to it seemed like they yeah. were trying so hard to get a flurry in front of the net to try and get one of these goals which in the last couple of games they've managed to get at least one which so fair fair enough like i i understand why they would try and do that especially because they have had so much success doing that as of late but it seemed as the game went on more and more as them trying to force that they were seeming more desperate. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And part of it is uh, there's a lot of new pieces on this team and pieces that even finished the season last year that have only played a handful of games as well. So um, there's going to be a lot of chemistry stuff still figuring out. And like you mentioned, like there's a lot of these players that have played with certain people for the last couple of years who don't have that anymore, whether it be the Michael Buntings or Alex Kerfoots or on defense, Justin Hall. Like there's a lot of, kind of mainstays of this roster that aren't here anymore over the last couple of years. And it's going to take some time to kind of adjust, whether that be, um, like you mentioned, some area passes, whether that be on the penalty kill and figuring out who's covering what position on rushes and stuff like that. So there's going to be some stuff like that to work out. This was kind of a game where it felt like all of those kind of came to a front all at once and kind of resulted in a bunch of goals against uh, all resulting because of some of those issues. Um, and then compounded by just kind of seemingly a lack of either care or effort, whatever it may be for a for a Monday night game against a Chicago team that they should beat um, and then ultimately don't. And so it's, again, something we've seen a lot from the Leafs over the past handful of years where it's the trap games are always the trap games and it ends up an L in the column for some reason. But um, yeah, it, it's certainly something where there's a lot of new pieces on this team and whether it's uh, Sheldon figuring out how to utilize certain people in certain situations or just the actual on ice chemistry. There's definitely uh, still some things to work through. Yeah. There's no one quick way to being a perfect team or to, you know, there's no secret recipe. There's no 11 spices from the Colonel to put all the ingredients together and have a team just suddenly pop all together. Right. And unfortunately the defensive lapse is nice tonight happened right in front of Joseph Wall in his first game of the season. Um, he actually, at the beginning of the game, he looked really good in the first period. There were a bunch of saves that he just looked really steady, really calm, wasn't, you know, drifting from his goalposts. He was also not restricted by the, you know, invisible bungee either. Um, he looked really good all through the beginning period. And then as the game went on, it felt like the Leafs were giving up more and more of those second chances, the third chances, the bounce, not quite getting the clear and it coming back and biting them. And unfortunately, even though he, I think he actually played pretty good more than once, I just put tall wall in my, in my notes in very large letters. Cause he, from the beginning period, he looked really good. And I just, 
I, I don't pin this loss on him. Definitely not tonight. And he looked really no, good coming into the not. season. So, um, Kyle, what do you think about Joseph Wall? I mean, you've spent a lot of time watching him as, you know, develop over, over time. And we all sort of expected him to be taking this next step. And it looks like he's ready to take that. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he looked great tonight. And obviously the, the three goals against and, and stuff like that is uh, going to stand out. But I thought overall he was very strong, especially early in the game, like you mentioned. Um, he's not a goaltender that's going to swim in the net or anything like that. Like he's a very um, structured goaltender in terms of staying in the crease, but he has the athleticism to make some of those second effort saves when he needs to. Um, and that's what's made him such an intriguing goalie prospect the entire time he's been in the Leaf system. Uh, it's been over the last couple of years, though, that he's really kind of figured things out uh, and kind of taken that next step where he turned pro in 2019 and kind of struggled the first couple of years with the Marlies on some pretty offensive-minded defensive cores where they gave up a lot of stuff back the other way, and they'd be, there'd be these couple of flashes and some spectacular games where he'd make 50-some-odd saves and um, put up some really strong performances that kind of made you go, okay, there's something here. But the clock was definitely ticking as he was turning 24, and now he's 25. And as we've seen the last couple of years, last year he was superb with the Marlies, made an impact with the Leafs to the point where they were comfortable enough going to him in a playoff situation last year. And I think he's rightfully earned the backup spot this year um whether he required waivers or not i think it's time for him to get some games and i think he showed that again here today where even though they don't get the win even though he didn't win them a game or anything like that he was really strong early in the game to keep them in it when they probably could have given up a couple goals early on and gave them a chance to play themselves back into a game which they ultimately didn't but um given his age given his history and the Leaf system, everything like that. He certainly earned this opportunity on this roster. And I'm very excited to see how they utilize him and kind of the goalie split between Samsonov and Wool. We saw Samsonov get the first two games and now we'll get it on a Monday. So I'm curious to see if it'll be like a two to one kind of ratio or something like that, or whether it ends up being a little bit more even as the, the weeks go on. But certainly a really solid debut this season for Joseph Wall and uh, nothing I was too worried about at all. This game definitely wasn't on him. Yeah, no, definitely yeah, not. I mean, Armand, please, I, I was going to ask. Yeah, it, it was actually, speaking on his age, I was actually, like, really surprised to see that Samsonov is actually only one year older than Wall. Yeah. You know, I think of Wall as this, like, super young kid, and Samsonov is this, like... Same, yeah, yeah, Wall I, was I, drafted I in young, the same but... class as Matthews. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a lot younger wild. than Matthews. Like, it, Matthews was a September 97, and Joseph Wall's a July 98. So 98, there's yeah. quite a bit difference between the two, despite being in the same draft class. But, yeah, Wall's been in the system a long time. He played three years in college, played, I think, three or four years in the Marlies. And so uh, it's been a long time coming for him. And Samsonov, of course, being a first-round pick, um, kind of being on that quicker trajectory to the NHL. But yeah. um, two goaltenders in their, their mid-20s here that the Leafs definitely have a lot of promise with. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's nice because I remember the first few years that Wall was in the prospect pool, Ian Scott was like sort of a, yeah. ahead of him. But then unfortunately, Ian Scott had the injury troubles. But yeah, Wall had a fantastic game today. I wouldn't put any of the goals yeah. against on him at all. I thought his rebound control was so good. Uh, like the pucks were sticking to him like glue. And, you know, those first two games that Samsonov was in, I noticed that that was a pretty... Uh, major area of um you know improvement for him at least throughout the season those first two games he was kind of swimming in the net i remember in the habs game i think he lost his stick about four or five times samsonov wall looked very poised today and i i think the leafs just really let him down uh with their defensive coverage tonight um he kept us in it and uh especially in that first period i thought we were outchanced pretty drastically and to kind of come away uh from that first period i think tied was uh because of wall and uh we just kind of failed him uh throughout the game uh defensively and it's tough i i wouldn't put the the blame on him and i certainly am not um worried about wall at all and i do think that uh you know samsonov being a someone who hasn't exactly held the starter position for an entire season it is important to get wall some games in and uh you know make sure that samsonov is eased into that load rather than just throwing 60 games at him, you know, out the get-go. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I, I agree with both of you in the fact that I think Joseph Wool has never been in a better position to make a run at being a really solid backup goalie. And if I'm Wall, then I don't love my game tonight, but I, I'm pretty proud of myself. And 
Like, I think that if he continues to play the way, the way that he has, like, if he score, if he saves one of those goals tonight, like the Perry goal, let's say just for kicks, because we don't like Corey Perry, right? We don't like <laughs> Corey Perry. Um, happy birthday, Leslie, by the way, we don't like Corey Perry. Um, yeah, so Corey Perry scores the breakaway goal, which was, again, one of those defensive lapses. And if he scores that, then the Leafs are only down by one, and maybe one of the bounces at the end goes in. It's a half an inch either way. I mean, we can play what if till the cows come home. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is the Leafs have never had really a better goalie situation in terms of having a young goalie who, uh, in fairness, has had a couple of, def- like, um, injury troubles in the last couple of years. But they've never had, like, a homegrown rookie goalie that was looked as promising as Joseph Wall does. I mean, we have Garrett Sparks as an example. He got a shot at and whatever. It is his first <laughs> NHL game. But then he, that was n- – after that, no. that one year it was like a wet fart and he has never really recovered. And Joseph Wall seems like every time he's on the ice, he makes a little bit better out of his opportunities. He makes a couple more saves. He's a little bit more steady. And this is just his first game. Like, I'm guessing – if I had to guess, Joseph Wall is probably going to have like over 30 starts this year. Right. Is that a conservative guess, but a fair one? I, I think that might be, I guess it depends on health and stuff like that. It might be in the ballpark, I think is what I'd say. Like, I think that's a good line to set it at, where I could see yeah. it being closer to a 50-50 split, um, depending on health or play or anything like that. I could see it being maybe a little bit less if Samsonov kind of really takes the starter's role and kind of goes with it. Um, but I think 30 is definitely um, something to to aim for in terms of, Playing a full year healthy, playing well to get those starts, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and like I said, maybe that's on the high end of ambition, but if he makes a run at it, if he plays a couple of games back to back to back and, you know, keep decides that he wants to start the hot goalie, then I think it's at least part of the conversation, right? Like Samson off the first couple of games, he looked fine, but he definitely looked a little shaky. Like you said, Armand, the first game he was dropping his dropping his stick like it was a hot potato every other <laughs> second. And it, it, he's not the only one that seems like he's played that way. How many times did Tyler Bertuzzi fall over tonight? Like four. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I don't think yeah. that I don't think that that's like our ice. Like I'm sure they're going to go on the road and it's going to continue. But it's it's nice to see that Joseph Wall is. You know, we're all sort of ho- crossing our fingers and squinting through like our parents' hands, like a horror movie, hoping that he doesn't get hurt and hoping that he does take the next step because we've been wanting so long to have one of these goalies that comes up through our system and is ours and we grew him and he's like the new, you know, the new guy because we haven't had a guy that's so good for so long that we've had for a couple of years that's come through our system. Armand, when was the last time we had a, a goalie come up through our system that you can think of? <laughs> Was it Tuukka Rask when we traded him? Does that count? It, uh, that James Reimer count. would be like the last. Oh, one. James Reimer, yeah, okay. twenty thirteen. To like act, to like develop in the system and like actually play games. I think it's, I think it's Reimer because then yeah, yeah. you're looking at like random games from like Garrett Sparks and like Antoine yeah. Bebo getting a random game and stuff like that. Like it's it's been pretty barren for a long time. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely been something to look at, and it's I mean if uh, let's hope no injuries happen, but. Let's say Samsonov pulls something and needs to be out for a couple weeks. I feel really good about him being our backup. Yeah. And then having our third as well. Like, Armand, I, I don't know about you, but, like, I'm pretty excited about our goalie situation, all things considered. Like, Samsonov is only locked up for this year, but if he, if he does really well, if both of our goalies do really well, then we're in a pretty good situation. And we don't need world-beater goaltending. Like, that would be nice. Don't get me wrong. I would give anything to have Connor Hellebuck have signed here instead right but it's just you know sometimes you gotta you gotta play the cards you're given and wall's been a pretty good card for us all things considered oh yeah absolutely and one final thing on wall as well is uh, a little parting gift i guess from kyle dubas or whatever you can say is look at that contract and it's it's pretty nice to look at he's under league minimum for this year and next and when he expires he's still a restricted free agent there's uh, a lot of team control stuff to love about that contract it's a it's a really solid piece of business from Dubas to sign him back in 2022 when they did. R.I.P. Yeah. Dubas, we hardly knew ye as our GM. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, the end of the game, the ping pong goals. Uh, was it a goal? Was it not a goal? Was it offside? Was it not offside? What was the final score? It was 4-1, but it was 4-1, and then it was 3-2, and then it was 4-1. I'm kind of sad that that Willie goal didn't stick, honestly. Yeah, I think I think they should let all the goals count instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> all way of more the, All of the reviews should counteract each other. It should be two empty netters. <laughs> Nylander gets the goal. That's all good. 
I mean, I mean, there should be like a vote where like one random fan gets to vote what happens at the end of the game. Wouldn't that be exciting? Um, only... Wait, that's not what happened. No, Batman only. Only Batman <laughs> oh, has the button. Okay. Only okay. Batman has gotcha. the button. That's right. Um, but speaking of William Nylander, uh, that man is playing like a man possessed, wanting to get a contract higher than anyone else on the team. I, that's so not gonna good. happen, but yeah, he's been oh. really good. I mean, he was one of the the good spots tonight. Him and John Tavares, I thought, and also Matthews to some degree. Uh, yeah, they all played phenomenally. And Nylander, I wish he got rewarded on that last goal, but it's the way she goes. You know what I think it is for me, especially this season, I've noticed it. And we're only three games in, right? But I noticed at the end of the last season and the beginning of this season as well. William Nylander has this astounding ability to have the puck and slow the game down to a, like, snail crawl through molasses. Like, the goal the other night, it was like it was in slow motion. And tonight he did the same thing. He wasn't rewarded for it. But at least once on the power play, the only real good opportunity they had was because he had possession of the puck. Kyle, what do you see in his game that might get him a bigger number than we all think he should or hope he does? The, the thing that's always stood out to me is his ability transporting the puck in transition and kind of his ability to generate off the rush where, yeah, the obviously the other star players can do that. But I notice him his creativity gaining the zone so much more than some of the others where he's able to create something out of nothing seemingly all the time where there's three or four guys lined up at the blue line and all of a sudden he's past them and it's like a two-on-one situation like I think back to the first game against Montreal there was a great chance that he set up with John Tavares basically doing exactly that um he has obviously the couple goals against Minnesota and he was doing a bunch of that tonight as well having that great primary assist on the Tavares goal. Like he's, he's looked so, so confident with the puck this season. And obviously he's a very confident player all the time, but it's something where I don't, I'm not sure if he's just getting more touches, whether he's getting more minutes. What I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it feels like every time he's on the ice, you notice him for positive reasons because he's doing something in the offensive zone, whether it's gaining the zone or creating something in the zone, like through this game, um, he was one of the handful of bright spots outside of Joseph Wool where um, he was doing stuff constantly throughout this game, gaining the zone, creating stuff offensively where some other lines were struggling to do that. And so it, it's something where, yeah, it might be some motivation stuff when you look across the, the locker room and one star <laughs> player has a contract and the other one doesn't and stuff like that. But he's playing, like you said, like a man possessed. And it's been so much fun to watch night in, night out because he's exactly this type of stuff that I love to watch where he has almost this nonchalant uh, about this where he goes to the neutral zone. It, he's not going at 100% speed or anything like that. And makes a couple of seemingly super easy dangles and he's creating a chance. It's, it's so it's such a joy to watch him night in night out. And um, I hope they figure out that contract sooner than later, because I want to watch him in a Leafs Jersey for a lot longer than just this year. Yeah. Say it, Armand. I know you got something bubbling beneath the surface. Go no, no, I was just going to say, I agree. Like, uh, I mean, just on that Tavares goal too. I mean, the Willie's entry oh, there on. and the drop pass. Oh, it was a thing of beauty. I wish like we could have used that momentum to kind of, build something and and get a lead but uh yeah Nylander is just a joy to watch man he's one of the, my favorite Leafs to watch just silky smooth everything he does is just silky smooth I I really really love Nylander and I'm hoping to God that we can get a contract <laughs> signed because I don't want to see him on another team I know we're going to regret it immediately yeah like if we lose him yeah well, and I was watching tonight, and I I agree with both of you. Like, I know I said the whole man-possessed thing, but it's true. Especially the beginning three games of the season, he has looked so good. Most nights, he is the most noticeable player on the ice. Not the best player, because Matthews has been scoring like a crazy person. But William <laughs> yeah. Nylander has by far been, like, the most noticeable on the power play he's been the most noticeable on the breakout you're the zone entries oh my gosh you're so right he has he has the best ability out of anybody so far this season at least in my opinion of gaining entry of the zone on the power play especially tonight the power play tonight did not look good like the first power play they get it it's cut short it's only 35 seconds because then Martek's takes a penalty want want but you know two minutes for you can't do that but at the end of the game the Leafs get the power yeah, play God. and they they were in the zone for what like 25 seconds 
Like you sort just, of get in yeah. the zone and then they lose it and then they spend 20 seconds getting it set up for my least favorite play in all of hockey, the double drop back pass entry, which doesn't work because they're all in a line <laughs> and on the rare occasion it does work, it's because one of them is off stride and it's usually William Nylander carrying the puck. <sighs> Ask me how. You had to let that out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just give it to Willie. Like, yes. it's yeah. simple. Just give it to him. Yeah. 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 Speaking of the power play though, like Klingberg... What what were your thoughts on it? I thought he was really just not on today. I thought yeah, he was it, shooting at the wrong times. He it, it was a rough game puck. for him. It, yeah. it, I think there was a little bit there where we saw Lilligren bumped up alongside McCabe as well yeah. in that third period. And look, it, it's John Klingberg. We know the pros. We know the cons. And there's going to be games <laughs> like the first night where he creates a couple of great opportunities because of his ability to to thread passes and then there's going to be games like tonight where things just aren't clicking and i think overall he's going to be really impactful especially if he remains on the top power play unit i i just really like what his ability to to pass the puck but also his shot threat and also his right-handedness provides on that top power play unit which i think is a little bit different and gives you some very different looks to what morgan riley provides on that top unit but then also his ability to to kind of move the puck up the ice at five on five, I think if you use it, if he's used in a certain situation, in a certain role, he's going to provide um, some good stuff offensively. You're going to have to take the lumps defensively. Like you just know he's that kind of player. Yeah. And that's why he was brought in specifically to provide offense from the back end. Uh, it's something where I think I'd like to see more Timothy Liljegren at five on five at this point, especially yeah. after how good he looked in the preseason. I, I don't think Jake McCabe is the type of, pure shutdown defenseman to pair with John Klingberg to get those top four minutes and kind of give a, give a top offensive defenseman the free reins to do whatever and then have a guy back. I don't think it's quite like that. So I'd like to see Klingberg sheltered a little bit more at five on five, probably more in a third pair role and kind of see what you can kind of do in it with a McCabe Lilligren pair before you get deeper into the season and you kind of start figuring out what you want to do, trade deadlines, stuff like that. So um, yeah, it, it's, We've seen a lot of the pros and cons of John Klingberg yeah. so far this season. He's put up a few assists, and he's also allowed a few goals back the other way. Um, but yeah, especially given he didn't have a lot of time through the preseason, I think he's been pretty solid overall. But I'd like to see the defensive pairings kind of shaken up a little bit. Yeah, he had a great cross-ice pass to McCabe for an open net, and McCabe just took too long to shoot it. And it would have been a really nice assist if it, if he was able to finish. But Yeah, and he makes those kind of plays like game in, game yeah. out. Like, that's what he's great at. And he, yeah, he made a really good breakout pass. Uh, I forgot to who it was, but uh, yeah, like the passing is there on the power play tonight. Like that last power play, I think he made two plays that just yeah. missed plays that resulted in the the, the Blackhawks uh, exiting the zone. But yeah, defensively, he was really rough this game, and it, it it was really noticeable to me. I also agree that McCabe isn't exactly the shutdown D man that uh, I think we're using him as. You know, like in that sort of muzzin role type of yeah. thing. I just don't think he's that type of player. And I think the Geo Klingberg pairing would actually be a little better in general, five on five too. But I don't know if Lillier Green is getting top four minutes. I don't know if Keith exactly trusts him there yet, but I, I think that's the way it should go too, to be honest. I would like to see that more often. I mean, it's early days, right? Klingberg giveth and Klingberg taketh away because even though he he is a, you know, defensive liability to some degree. It is so nice, Kyle. You said the magic words that I love to say. He is an actual threat at the blue line, <laughs> on the power play. Yep. He is somebody that will actually shoot it and not like fake shoot it or like, <laughs> no, no, no. He will actually, he, will, he won't just pump fake. He, will, he is actually a, a shot threat from the blue line which is not something that the Leafs have had in recent years. Like, sure, Tyson Berry, he has his allegedly, allegedly offensive defenseman. And he's really great at putting up assists, but he's not going to clap bombs from the blue line. And the math of it, whatever math you want to name it, the math of it is more more oftentimes than not, he's going he's gonna to put up points than not. So, you know, sometimes games like tonight, you have to see his defensive warts, but you get to, we get the, the converse side of that as well, right? Where... 
like the game against Montreal where he puts up a couple points and he just the vision that he has from the blue line I noticed he's not afraid to like make a little bit of a risky pass if he notices someone is moving in the right way whereas in years previous we give a little bit too much time and we get to we take too much time to make a play and that gives the other team time to adjust and you know, Chicago scoring on their power play tonight. Did you guys, did you guys hear what they said in the commentary? They're like, oh, look, Chicago enters the zone. They don't try and get set up. They just shoot off the rush. And that's something that the Leafs have struggled with the last couple of years. And in one of the games already this season, I think they already scored one goal off the rush on the power play. And it just seems like they're they're trying too much to stick to their defense, their their systems. And they're too obsessed with getting in a cycle. And they're not willing to make those rush jumps. But at the same time, you don't have the defensive structure that you had last year that enabled your defense to jump up more, right? Like, we did lose the Kerfoots. We did lose a couple of other people that did play some defense. Like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Pierre Engvall is pretty good on the on the PK, right? And even though he was not an offensive threat in any universe, you know, you knew that the defense could go up and, and you know, he would be there and it would be okay, whereas... I don't really feel that way about Nyes yet or Minton. I mean, that's what I was going to talk about next is how the rookies have been playing. And don't get me wrong, I know Minton did so well in the preseason and I was jacked about it as anybody. But it seems like he has sort of hit the, oh, this is the NHL speed bump. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's been solid overall. Um, He's certainly not a player that's going to flash a a lot of kind of big plays offensively or anything like that. He's very much a two-way player who's responsible in his own zone and kind of takes his chances when he gets them. And we've kind of seen him on, on the receiving end of a couple of passes in the slot. And he's had a couple of chances where he's been around the net looking for that first goal, which uh, hasn't fallen for him yet. But um, he, he's been fine, I, I think, is the way that I describe him, where um, I, I think that's better than what you can ultimately hope for for a player in his shoes where he's a year and a half removed or whatever it is from being a second-round pick. Yeah. Um, like he's been phenomenal for what the expectations were for him coming into this year. Um, the question now is, is whether that level is good enough to keep him for the rest of the season and whether it's time to kind of look for different areas and stuff like that. I think they should give him the full nine games before making a decision. Um, I, I don't really see why not, especially when he's a player that you have to either return to junior or keep for the full year and that kind of stuff where you don't have the same opportunity to recall a Nick Robertson when you want to, a Pontus Holmberg when you want to. When he's down in the WHL, you can't call him back up unless it's an emergency exception. So it's a very specific situation there where it's like one game and the player goes back down. We saw it with Owen Beck last year where he got one game and then went back down. It's not something where you can recall them and have them back for the rest of the year. So um, I'm perfectly fine with them taking their time making the decision. I think he's been fine in that kind of third line role. Um, he's been fine defensively. Uh, I've actually noticed him more kind of dis- disrupting uh, the opposition breakouts and stuff like that. I think he's been really solid for checking, um, which is kind of why they've kind of had that nice Minton pair where it's kind of those two playing to their strengths yeah. on kind of a, a chip and chase kind of grind them out style on, on a third line. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't seen anything to the point where game 10 of the season, he's still in the lineup. I think, um, we need to see a little bit more from him to justify keeping him on the roster because ultimately this is a 19-year-old who hasn't had that kind of opportunity to play in a significant role in his junior career. He's played at most second-line center on a really good Kamloops team the last couple of years behind guys like Logan Stankoven. So going back to junior would provide him an opportunity to play that kind of big role that he hasn't played to this point this so, so far in his career. He would have an opportunity to play on a team candidate at the world juniors, should he make that roster stuff like that? So I think there's a lot for him to, to gain from going back to junior. And so we'll see kind of how these next four or five games go, uh, as we kind of creep closer to that ninth game and ultimately decisive 10th game. Um, but yeah, so far I I've been okay with his game. He's made some good plays for checking. He's made some disruptions. He's had a couple of chances, which he hasn't been able to bury, but, um, kind of like you said, where he hasn't stood out too, too much. And I think you kind of need to see that kind of next level over these next handful of games to justify keeping them on the roster past game nine. I totally yeah, agree. I, I 
I agree as well. Yeah. And Minton, like Minton, both Minton and Nyes, I think, uh, mm. you know, Keefe has showcased that he likes their defensive game. I think that's why he took Jan Croak off that line and moved him to the second line yep. and put Domi on that line to give them more of an offensive push. And Minton's getting to the right spots. You know, we saw two grade A chances today when Bertuzzi kind of, uh, and Bertuzzi and Nyes kind of set him up and he just fanned on both of those shots. So that's more what I want to see for Minton is, uh, being able to finish it on those chances. And you, like, as you said, he hasn't really had that role of being the guy on his, uh, is it WHL that yeah. he's in? Yeah. 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 WHL team. And, you know, last year he was over a point per game, but he, his numbers, you know, weren't so outstanding that everyone was like, let's get this kid to the NHL. Right. So it, there is some value to bringing him back to the WHL and having him play a full season where he can really showcase that offensive talent and, and build on that to be able to finish chances like that. But honestly, defensively, I thought he was pretty solid today. And same with Nyes. Like, you know, they were the forwards that I thought were forecheck or sorry, back checking a decent amount and and uh playing at that line. Now obviously there's going to be some mistakes that you see from them, especially in their own end, uh, where they might hold on to the puck a little too long, not be able to clear it, stuff like that. But I'm more upset with the Domies and the Bertuzzi's right now with their back checking than I am with Minton or Nyes, mm -hmm. you know, I expect more from them uh, when it comes to being that, you know, forward back, uh, uh, back checking to allow for the defenseman to pinch up or something like that. I think that's really what's been lacking. And when we look at losing guys like Kerfoot and Engvall and all these defensively minded guys and replacing them with Bertuzzi and Domi is you sacrifice that defensive mindset uh, quite a bit, you know, when, when it comes to that forward coming back. And that that's, I think, was a, a big you know, key portion to this game was we just didn't have that defensive uh, back check by our forwards for the most part. Yeah, and it's definitely something you noticed tonight. Uh, now, we're because we're doing things a little bit differently this season, um, we're going to be doing the press conference in just a couple of minutes. So if you have questions, please put them in the chat. Also, we have like 165 people and only 130 likes. So if you could all go down there and give us a great big thumbs up, we would greatly appreciate it. It really helps the stream. Um, and... Uh, the other rookie that we did not really talk about tonight and who also whiffed on a couple of pucks and sounded very <laughs> upset about it on the bench. Yep. Connor Bedard. My actually. Who? Right. <laughs> Boss. We only know Fraser Minton. Just kidding. Yes. Yeah, so we had the. Yeah. Finally. Now we can talk about the second best uh, NHL <laughs> junior age player from Vancouver. Yeah. 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 And like the second best first overall pick that was playing tonight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh. Fighting words. <laughs> Fighting words. Even though we lost. It doesn't matter. It's Monday night, and I don't really want to go to work tomorrow. So, Connor <laughs> Bedard does not score against the Leafs, Leafs mercifully. My goodness. And as the game went on, he was getting louder and more upset. He broke more than one stick as he was getting off yep. the ice because he hit a post more than once. He had a couple of just whiff shots, a couple passes that were just a half inch off the toe of his of his of his stick blade. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm relieved that he didn't score against us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he didn't score against what was it, Boston, like he absolutely would have scored tonight. Like if he was still looking for his first goal, like yes. oh, it would have happened, hundred percent. Yeah, minus like ten thousand odds for him to score tonight if that was the case. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And he looked okay tonight. Like, he was, he was, the thing I noticed about him for sure was just his speed. He's very fast. Maybe not McDavid fast, but mm -hmm. very good at getting, finding a little bit of space and getting between guys, sort of fishtailing between each one of them and weaving between traffic like a motorcycle between a bunch of garbage trucks. And, I mean, that's nice to see, right? Like, if you are watching this, then you love hockey, regardless of what, of what banners on the wall you like the sport and so we all have to recognize the fact that this is good for the sport because it's actually making american media talk about hockey <laughs> yeah it's nice for once it's so nice i know there is a sport outside of travis kelsey's uh kansas City, right <laughs> like there are things outside of this world and uh... it's, it's just nice to see american media show up i mean i'm sure as an 18 year old it's terribly terribly overwhelming like what could you guys imagine how that would be like as an 18 year old even if you've oh, been preparing God, be for awful. it your whole life like what a jarring yeah. situation and then to start Crazy. off on the road between like just against middle like you know original six teams not exactly an easy red carpet into the into the league kyle what did you see from him other than his speed tonight yeah it's something where um 
everyone compares him obviously to McDavid as a prospect and stuff like that. And it's understandable, but they're different in terms of the way that they create their offense where, yeah, they have the, the elusiveness and, and all that kind of stuff. But Bedard doesn't have that same level of just breakaway speed where in a second he's by you and, and stuff like that. It's the elusiveness. It's the craftiness. Um, and it's his just ridiculous shot. That is what has made him such an elite level prospect. And so far, we haven't really seen him kind of getting in a bunch of areas to kind of showcase that shot. His only goal is come on a wraparound chance. We've seen a, a couple of those wrister chances where they've come, but they haven't gone in yet. And it's only a matter of time before they do when he starts finding ways to kind of get open and kind of unleash that shot. And tonight, I, I thought he played a great first couple of periods where looking at some of the numbers and going up against Matthews and stuff like that, he was leading the way for the, the Blackhawks in terms of shots and stuff like that, which is not an easy feat when uh, you're taking the toughest minutes against a top team like the Leafs and what he's done for uh, a busy schedule to start his career as well. Um, in, in the third, obviously, when it's kind of score effects and stuff like that, playing a much more uh, defensive game and kind of getting less minutes as the game went down, uh, ate in a little bit to some of those uh, results and stuff. But overall this season, I've been very impressed with the way that he's come into the season, played Big minutes immediately. He's been playing like 20 plus minutes a night. Obviously, a lot of that coming on the power play and stuff. But um, he's done a good job at five on five of actually pushing play in the right direction, which for a player in his mold going up against the top players, like he opened against Sidney Crosby, played game two against Boston on a back to back stuff like that. Going into the Bell Center on a Saturday night, coming to Toronto with four games fourth game and just a handful of nights like it could be very 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 easy for a player in his shoes a smaller 18 year old first line center with not a lot of help on a bad team to kind of at this point of the the opening slate be really slowed down and kind of struggling battling it with it and sure he's frustrated with some chances that he misses and stuff he's used to scoring I think like six points a game and like four of them being goals or whatever it was in his junior career um, and, and those are going to start to fall for him more and more. But yeah, for for Bedard, I've been very impressed with just kind of his overall play driving at five on five so far going up against the top of the top. Like I could have easily seen a scenario where early in the season he has maybe some of the points just because of the minutes he's playing. But you look at some of the underlying numbers and maybe he's getting beating uh, out chance and, and, and out, out shot and stuff like that. But that hasn't been the case so far. That's what's been most impressive to me. And that was, again, something that we saw tonight as well. Yeah, what a way to start yeah. your career, right? Starting off lining up against Sidney Crosby. Insane. And then oh a couple of nights being like, hi, Austin Matthews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop the mm. puck. Here we go, ref. Like, definitely. And, oh, yeah. and, and next up, he's yeah. got, oh, just a just a small thing in Nathan McKinnon. So yeah. <laughs> no pressure, yeah, buddy. And then yeah. go it's home. Wild. Holy smokes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then what after that is just the defending Stanley Chet. Stanley Cup champions Stanley at champions, home, yeah. I think. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my and God. That's their first home Give them the, the gauntlet. Season. Like, like it's, geez. It's wild. Yeah. They really, they really put them through all of the, they, the big hitters. They're trying to make yeah. sure the juice is worth the squeeze, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Matthew from the chat, if Minton goes down, do we go back to Willie, third line center? Uh, I'm going to say probably not. Armand? Uh, they just didn't do it enough in preseason, I think, to be comfortable with it. I, I'm okay if they do it. Um, you know, I want to see it more often, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that experiment will go over well. I don't know if we have the wingers to, to really put with him, uh, to have like a defensively solid line where Willie can play center, but I'd be interested in it. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I don't think we see Willie at center, especially just with how well he's been playing on the wing to start the season. Um, if Minton does go down, I think we see... At least for a week or two, maybe a very similar kind of lineup, the way that it's shaped, just with Pontus Holmberg in that three C. The he yes. kind of plays a similar style game to to Minton, where he's not going to flash a lot of offense, although he kind of creates some chances and stuff like that, where he doesn't quite finish them as much as you could hope, um, but plays a really responsible game defensively and and has uh, done some really good stuff transitioning the puck as, as well. So I, I think if Minton goes down for for game ten, I think we maybe see a straight swap with Pontus Holmberg stepping into that 3C, and they kind of mess around with that and see how that lineup looks. Yeah, Holmberg can also PK. Do you think yep. you're going to see Nick Robertson in the NHL? We we will at some point. I, I think yeah. it's just a matter of um, kind of when, and I, I think that's more dependent on injuries than anything, just because 
he's a winger and it would be great if yeah. he was a center and can step right into that three C spot. That's just not what it's going to be. So he's either going to need somebody to slide over to center or a, an opportunity to kind of come up in the top nine. So um, at, at this point with him being with the Marlies to start the year, I think the best for him is just kind of consistently getting games and getting through games and kind of building up that confidence again. And then the opportunity will come at some point. And then it's just when the opportunity comes holding on to it, not letting it go. Yeah, he had a great game Sunday. Yeah, he, he's he's looked really, really good the first couple games. Two yeah. games, two goals, five points with 11 shots on goal for our Nikki Bobby. Uh, yeah, I think he'll definitely be up on the Leafs uh, as probably a mainstay to some degree for at least part of the season. Um, obviously, I hope he gets a little bit of reps down in the Marlies just because I think... <sighs> forgive me for saying this, I don't want him to get hurt again. So I would yeah. like for him to get a few games under his belt in the AHL where he is significantly less likely to have one of those set injuries just because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I would love to actually see him play more than 25 games in the season. Wouldn't that be nice? Like, wouldn't that be great? Um, that would be great. It would be great. So that's what we can hope for. Uh, do either of you guys have any other things that you want to talk about for tonight before we wrap up the stream? I'm curious on what everyone's thoughts are on the fourth line. It's being <laughs> talked about so much these past couple of Has days. Has it really? I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, dude, the, the discourse. On no, Twitter I'm kidding. I'm about, kidding. Of okay, course. Oh, my I God. Say, I don't know how you missed that. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Every time I open Twitter, I'm like, couldn't. oh, here we go. Is it 2013? <laughs> like, what is happening? I I yeah. will fully admit, if you want to know my real opinion, I did buy the Flo Jurgensen, uh Ryan Reeves Rambo yeah, the, Rambo I, shirt. I, saw that. I literally he posted it, and I I actually had friends giving with Joe the other day, and he didn't tell me about this. And when I saw it, I was like, well, buying that now. So sorry, honey, <laughs> my wife doesn't know I bought that, so that's me telling her. Oopsie. Yeah, uh, it, it's I love it's it. where my like analytics brain and then my like stupid hockey brain like just melt <laughs> because they got shelled again today in terms of expected goals yeah but big, but big watch, man go man. boom but big man go yeah, boom. Like, <laughs> i just like watching it and i feel so dumb because i like it it's like, <laughs> does it work i should Probably know not, better but... <laughs> i should know better <laughs> kyle what do yeah. you think of the third line come on buddy fourth line. oh it's uh it, it's, it's something. something where uh, you look and there's obvious stuff that it's going to be detrimental to your team on the ice. But at the same time, there's going to be obvious stuff that helps the team in terms of just general morale. And it's not just that he's a, a goon type player who hits and fights and stuff. He, he legitimately brings morale to the team in terms of energy yeah. on the bench, talking it up, um, keeping keeping the guys amped and, and you've kind of seen it in the way that the players have kind of reacted to him so far. Um, especially kind of given the, the kind of personality types that some of the star players are on this team. I think on certain teams that, with different personality types, that kind of um, personality you bring into the locker room could kind of be scoffed at or just kind of get annoying. But I think yeah. with the Austin Matthews, the Mitch Martyr types, even Nylander to an extent, that kind of energy that, that Ryan Reeves brings, I, I think is good for the team overall now, it, it, the the question then becomes, do you take the cons of the five, six, seven, eight minutes on the ice for the pros of the morale? And I, I think in the regular season, it's fine to kind of take those lumps and kind of go through it and kind of have that be the situation it is. Because ultimately, we have seen so far that the, the energy has been great and stuff like that. Obviously, it helps when you win a couple of games. We'll see how it is after a loss and stuff like that. But even in today's game, Reeves was talking it up quite a bit. It, the, the question for me becomes, is that something that's viable in the playoffs? And I don't think it is at this stage. We'll kind of see what the situation is for the Leafs once they get there, what their matchup is, if there's a way to shelter him in a way to to utilize it. But I just don't think that in today's day and age with the, the 1% meaning so much, like you look over the last couple of years, like this is obviously ifs, ands, or buts, but if the Leafs sign Corey Perry to a league minimum contract instead of Wayne Simmons a couple of years ago, how many rounds have they won versus what they didn't, right? Like it, that one swing probably wins them a Montreal series. You probably go to a conference finals there. Who knows what happens at that point? You yeah. you look over the last couple of years, Wayne Simmons has scratched in the playoffs or playing minimal minutes for Corey Perry has gone to finals and stuff like that. Like that 1%, we talk about it as a 1%, oh, it doesn't mean that much. Some of those decisions can mean a lot. So come playoff time, I'm very curious to see what the, the course of action is there. 
um, because it does kind of limit your opportunities in terms of what you can do when giving up those chances in the playoffs means a lot more than a random Monday uh, two weeks into the season. Um, so that's where I'm most interested to see for the regular season. Doesn't matter to me. It's fun. Big man, go boom, all that kind of stuff. I'm here for it. I might buy the shirt as well. Like it's great stuff. <laughs> Let's go. Love the love the flow, Jurgensen stuff. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I'll probably get it as like a Christmas gift for family and stuff. Yes. Like it's great. Top tier stuff. I'm just most interested to see what it's going to be like game 83 and kind of what the situation is there. So for the time being, let's just have fun with it and we'll we'll kind of delay the the whole uh, 2013 does Colton Nor actually matter. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, if I can play devil's advocate for just one quick second yeah, before we go yeah. here. Um, I agree. Ryan Reeves may be in the playoffs, not somebody that you play every night. Having said that, the game tonight, who got more penalty minutes? Ryan Reeves or Tyler Bertuzzi? Oh, dude, Tyler <laughs> Bertuzzi. Those like, two penalties. Tyler Bertuzzi's got to figure out some stuff as well. <laughs> five, like, five penalties. Five minor penalties in three games. That's, yeah. uh, Simone Benoit just as bad in the preseason. Like, oh, my lord. <laughs> Woo! If I have to watch any Simone Benoit this season, dear lord, help me. I was so surprised they called him up. I was like, why? Why him? Hey, you know what? It meant that I didn't have to watch him with the Marlies this week. There you go. Well, you get to watch him either way. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Kyle. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, if you are watching, if you have been watching this whole time, thank you for joining us on Game Over Toronto. Uh, My name is Lauren. You can find all of us on Twitter and any of the other social medias. My Twitter is at Lauren in the Six. Armand, why don't you pump your tires there? Twitter, Armand Pontiki. It's pretty simple. Just my name. Yep. And then Kyle. Yes, at Kyle underscore Kush, C-U-S-H, not K-U-S-H. You go very different place <laughs> if you go for the latter. Uh, and that's my handle on, on Twitter and all the stuff that matters. Absolutely. And guys, make sure you are sharing this if you like this. Make sure you tell somebody about it if you know another Leafs fan. Um, we do uh, this video, obviously. It's up for forever and ever. Amen. And then we actually do upload it to Spotify as well. So if you know somebody that likes podcasts, please give us uh, you know, a reference. Just be like, hey, I know some people and pop that into their DMs. Um, Thank you for watching. I have loved having you both. Uh, Kyle, so nice to have you on. I hope it's not the last time we get to have you on this season. Certainly not. No, it's always fun. I love hearing your takes about all of our rookies because obviously you are a little bit of our Martley's insider. So um, I'm a prospect nerd. You can say it. Yes, I know. I know. (laughs) And I love all of you. I know a whole bunch of you, and and each one of you is better than the next. So um, thank you for coming on, Kyle. It's been great having you. Armand, pleasure as always. I will see you all, and you will see us in just a few days. Go Leafs, go, guys.